Hi there. Welcome to Lake Ridge Community Church Podcast. Uh, this is a place where we get to share uh, some of our messages from Sunday mornings. Uh, we're glad that you're here to listen, but we'd also love to have you in person. So if you'd like to pop in some Sunday, we meet at 1030 at Our Lady of Wisdom School here in Chestermere. And uh, you can obviously check us out as well at uh, www.lakeridgecommunity.com. Thanks for listening. great to be back in person. Um, to be honest, when I uh, heard that we were kind of moving on to an online format for a few weeks, I was stressing because I'm like, do I have to speak to a camera for 25 minutes? And just, <laughs> I, I got to say, it is, I'm not trying to like, I, I don't want to say my job is hard because it's actually really great and easy in some areas and life-giving in other areas, but speaking to no one and to a camera for 25 minutes is the most insecure thing I, I <laughs> it is, is very difficult. So I am so thankful to be back here in person with you guys. So um, yeah, it's been good, uh, but I'm even more glad to be back in person. So anyway, this week we are gonna be talking about uh, peace and how we feel contentment through that. And there's a specific part of the Bible that talks about contentment, and I'm gonna go into that a little bit later, but first, I want to talk to you guys a little bit about a story, um, or not a story, but like a little bit about me. Um, so for me, one of my favorite things in the world, and some of you know this, some of you don't, especially if you followed me on social media pre-COVID, you would really know this, but um, one of the things that I enjoy the most in, out of anything in life is going to see live music. Live music is just is so much, it means so much to me. It's, it's, there's, there's so much to it that I just love. Like, from, from the, the anticipation of, like, buying tickets and then, like, the waiting period and then, like, the escalating, like, just tension of just, like, I get to see this happen and then, and then walking up to the arena or the, or the concert hall or wherever I'm going and then kind of just, like, walking in and seeing all of the people come in and everyone's in there for the same reason and then you kind of just, like, you walk in and, and then people are talking, and then an opening band that you've never heard of plays, and then and then and then quiet, and then another opening band that you never heard of plays, and then and then quiet, and then and then you know that the musician or the band or whoever is coming up, and usually most of the time you're there, you're paid money to see this artist or musician because they've they've played a part in your life, they've they've uh, whether that's through like joy and excitement and you're just like really there like one of my favorite concerts i've been to weirdly oddly shania twain uh no, does nothing for me like emotionally or intellectually but man is she fun and i got pulled up on stage i'm just gonna say that like it was <laughs> it was it was great like but um and then but there's also like some like songs that like have worked in my life and have been there in like the darkest parts of my life and then I get to be there, and this, this, this artist and, or band or, uh, performs this thing live in front of me, and it's just the most amazing experience, especially like when the lights go off before the show starts, and this like, anticipation as everyone like, feels at the same time this excitement. And you can, you can feel it on the person next to you, and you can feel it all around you, and it's just an amazing thing. And I'll tell you, it's a crowded, exciting 
room. And I feel contentment and peace in that moment and in those times that I'm seeing these live concerts and this live music. That's what I, I feel, peace and contentment in a loud, excited room. And sometimes, though, on the flip side, I feel the opposite of peace in a quiet room with quiet voices. And I think sometimes we get mixed up between, you know, my mom would say sometimes, uh, Eric, I just need some peace and quiet. <laughs> I'm sure all of your moms have said this. I'm sure if you're parents, you, you've said it to your kids. And I think um, sometimes what happens is uh, you get this idea of what peace and quiet is. And what, what peace is, is like, you know, this somber separation, this kind of disconnect and this one-on-one -on -one solo thing that you need to reach out. That's actually not always the case. Um, peace, actually, what I'm learning, peace can exist in the presence of conflict. Peace can exist in the presence of chaos, and peace is, and contentment is so much more than having your own space, or because even in your own space, sometimes the most chaotic and hurtful and damaging thoughts can happen in those areas, and it's the opposite of peace. So I want to talk to you guys about that. Um, so if, if peace isn't quiet, and if peace is also, like, can be experienced in a crowded room with loud voices and loud people, then, then what, what, what is peace? Like, what is, what is actually happening? And, and my argument for today, and my, my thoughts today, uh, my opinion on this is that peace is actually the presence of purpose. I'll, tell that, I'll say that again. Peace, you experiencing peace, is the presence of purpose in your life. That, I'm, that you're on track with your purpose. So like for me, when I'm in a crowded room, full of crowded people, notice I talked a little bit about the music, but a, a big part of a purpose in my life is I love people gathering. I love people sharing the same thing together, and, and that's a big part of my purpose, and I find myself connecting with my purpose every time I'm seeing a live band, because there's just, everyone's together for the same reason, and we're just there loving each other, and that's, I think, a, a way of showing a purpose in my life. But peace is the presence of purpose. Um, I want to talk uh, specifically about a, a section of the Bible um, where Paul talks about peace and contentment. And I think that through reading this section in Philippians 4, you'll see that Paul has found his purpose, which is why he is at peace. So if you have your Bibles, um, Philippians chapter 4, verses 8 through 13. Uh, Taylor read it earlier for us. Um, you can follow along there if you'd like. But um, we're going to be kind of focusing on this and, and figuring out where, where, where we find peace in our lives and uh, how, how we do that and what, 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 that regards to, what that connects to in regards to purpose. Um, so, a little bit of a backstory. Um, some of you may know this, some of you may not, but I'm just going to fill you in if you don't. Um, in this particular book of the Bible, Paul is the writer of this 
uh, scripture, this whole, this whole letter, uh, all four chapters of Philippians, and he writes it from prison. So uh, this, this guy who's writing this letter that's now in our Bibles, he's writing it from prison. And in, in fact, in Philippians 1, um, earlier on this, in the book, it talks about how he thinks he could be executed. There's, there's, a, there's a chance that he's going to die in prison, and that that, that chance is wavering around him. That's, that's a known fact. He knows that he's, he's, he's going to maybe, possibly die in prison. He doesn't, but uh, in, in that particular time, but he, um, he, he, it's a possibility. And how prisons work back then, this is something I learned back in Bible college, is um, the prison cells at the time were much different than they were today. So a prison cell... Um, wouldn't necessarily look like they do today, where you have your, you know, like a, a bed and a, um, and, a, and a bathroom, you have three square meals, place to exercise, all that kind of stuff. No, a prison at that time was the very definition of inhumane. Um, oftentimes the cells that these people were kept in prison were, um, were not high enough to stand up or long enough to fully stretch out. So a big part of prison back then was you were kind of hunched into a, practically a cage. And you could never really fully stretch out. And so in those moments, you're actually not, um, uh, you're, you're slowly like developing back problems because you can't actually stand up straight or lie flat. So you're kind of just hunched all the time. Plus on top of that, you're chained up and you, the, let's just say the, the sanitation and uh, where you go to the washroom and stuff wasn't necessarily uh, modern. <laughs> so it smelled bad, diseases, all of these kind of things are present in these areas. It's you're cooped up, you're, you're, you're in constant pain, you're in constant emotional gripe because you think maybe I'm going to die or maybe someone's going to come in and, and then hurt me and torture me. What, what is going to happen? This is the situation that Paul's in as he's writing this. And I think that's very important to know in regards to what we're going to read here. So let me read this. Knowing that it is coming from a man who is hunched over in chains, surrounded by awful smells, diseases, and this is what he's writing. Right in verse 8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And this is a man from prison who, who might die. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice. So he's asking, what you see that's good in me, you do that too. So I think maybe we should pay attention to this. And the God of peace will be with you. It continues in verse 10. It says, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I've learned to be content. Let me repeat that. I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. In other words, Paul is experiencing peaceful contentment 
while in prison, and he's teaching us how. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I'm sure all of us find ourselves in that. Whether, even if you've been affluent your entire life, there are times where you've been in need, emotional need, physical need, whatever that is, there's been times where we've been in need, and there's been times when we've had a lot, and just like Paul here, I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. And this has a very popular Bible verse. Um, I remember actually the first uh, time working at Camp Chestermere, that was like a very popular verse. There was this person who... Uh, who worked at camp like 10 years ago, and, and she, she would repeat that verse all the time. Like, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength is another translation's version of that. And, and it's heard a lot. Like I, 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 uh, there's a lot of uh, teenagers on uh, uh, my Instagram like following list, and I see some of their bio profiles, and it says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, Philippians 4.13. And it's a popular Bible verse, and you see them shared on Tumblr profiles and all that kind of stuff. If you don't know what Tumblr is, I don't either, so sorry. Um, but um, all of these things, um, it's, a, it's a popular verse, but in the context of that, it's not, it's not about, um, I can just do whatever I want because God's on my side. It's, I can get through, and I can be content and at peace with myself because the God of peace is the one that's with me. And I think one of the most thought-provoking parts of me putting this together was the way God decided to communicate to us what contentment and peace was, and how to put that into our lives. The way God decided to communicate to us that over thousands of years is from a man who was in chains and thought he was going to die. So, I don't want to belittle, because please don't hear that, belittle anyone's circumstance, because some things are really, really hard. And some things feel hopeless, and some things feel directionless, and sometimes, sometimes things are really good. In fact, the times when I need God the most, probably, in, in reflection as I'm, as I'm figure, learning about my own life, is often when things are really good. For me, I mean, and that's actually kind of through the Bible, too. You can see how the Israelites work and their, their, their passage through the Old Testament. But oftentimes, for me, when I need Christ, when I need God most, because I've kind of figured, oh, I can do this on my own now. You know, and I don't actually think that. Like, I don't, like, like it's not like I'm thinking, oh, I don't need God anymore. Things are great. I, I never think that. I, I, I say thank you, God, and, you know, but uh, my reliance on, on who God is kind of, becomes less. And, uh, and so, so it's not just a reminder for people who, who are in chains and in, in, in the worst situation. It's also a reminder for people who are doing really well and things are going good. Um, again, it says right here, I have learned the secret of being content in any situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or want. Relying on God and experiencing peace is the key to finding your purpose. I 
I uh, was uh, on social media the other day, and uh, I found this. And uh, some of you might have uh, seen it shared around. It was shared from someone who goes to this church, so maybe I stole your thing, but um, <laughs> uh, who, know, who knows? <laughs> but uh, I, I read something, and it, it's, it's actually really cheesy. It's, a, it's not the, like, sometimes I read things on social media, and some people love it, and that's okay. I'm not, I'm, whatever, it's fine. Um, I, sometimes I read something on Facebook, and I'm like, all right, <laughs> that was, that was, that was created so that I could react, whether emotionally or, or whatever, and I just, but I read this, and I'm like, yeah, maybe this was created so that I would react, but I think it's still really true, and I, and I really like it, so I would, I would like to read it to you, and, and for me, the reason why I'm sharing it to you is I found my purpose in present, uh, sorry, I found my purpose in peace when, I, when reading this, and it reminded me um, of the situation that we're all in, and it reminded me, and it grounded me, and it helped me find my purpose, which then led to find my peace. So, anyway, I'm just going to read it. This is what it says. It says, sometimes I just wanted to stop. Talking of COVID, protests, looting, brutality, I lose my way. Become convinced that this new normal is real life. But then I meet an 87-year-old who talks of living through polio, uh, Vietnam protests, and yet is still enchanted with life. He seemed surprised when I said that 2020 must be especially challenging for him. No, he said slowly, looking me straight in the eyes. I learned a long time ago to not see the world through the printed headlines. I see the world through the people that surround me. I see the world with realization that we love big. Therefore, I choose to write my own headlines. Husband loves wife today. Family drops everything to come to grandma's bedside. He patted my hand. An old friend makes, sorry, an old man makes a new friend. His words collide with my worries, freeing them from the tether I had been holding tight. They float away. I am left with a renewed spirit. My headline now reads, Woman Overwhelmed. This person. <laughs> my headline now reads, Woman Overwhelmed by the Spirit of Kindness and the Reminder that Our Capacity to Love is Never Ending. That was my alarm. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, that, to me, um, is really, is really, um, really stuck down to me because um, I begin to ask myself, what are my headlines? What are the headlines of my life? And then I kind of broke it down further. If my headlines or what's causing me anxiety, maybe that's not my purpose. But if the headlines of my life are what bring peace and contentment, maybe that is your purpose. So when we're talking about contentment and purpose today, I think a lot of the time we focus so much on these big headlines that are, you know, like polarizing and different and just like attacking and all of these things. And they cause anxiety, and they bring all this angst up. And yes, there is a time and there is a place to fight for injustice in the world. I am not mitigating that. But at the same time, 
question is, what headlines in your life bring you peace? Make you more you. Make you the person that God created you to be and dive into those. What are the headlines in your life? What are these? Just think of a newspaper. What is you? And that's a hard question. But I find it's long, when we start to realize and understand our purpose, we find that through Christ and we find that our lives become transformed and we experience true peace as we um, interact with um, who, we, who we truly are. Um, I'm going to end with this. Um, there's a, a prayer found in, uh, in, in, one, in those books that were uh, handed out. The, I've got a coffee-stained one somewhere, but um, I also have the page here. So yeah, if, 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 you, um, if you have the book, please uh, go to page 23. You don't have to. You can just listen. Um, but I, I found this prayer... Um, I found this prayer brought me peace. And I found this prayer brought purpose to my life. And maybe it will for you too. So whether you read along or whether you close your eyes and try not to sleep, um, or whether you just, whatever you need to do to just let this prayer soak in, that's what I would like it for, for it to be for us. It's a prayer for peace. Um, it is by a guy that I do not want to pronounce. So David, yeah, no, I'm not going to try. Anyway, this is, this is the prayer. Dear God, we hear of peace only as a faraway dream. We long for it in our lives, in the lives of our family, our friends, and our country. But with each passing day, the prospect for peace seems to be increasingly tantalizing. Restlessness seems to be the order of our present existence. Our inner restlessness rooted in various anxieties, our societal restlessness rooted in the evils that go around us, the restlessness of our world plagued by conflicts of all sorts. Dear God, we hear of peace only as a dream, a dream we would love to be a part of, a dream we love to, ha- we long to have in our hearts, in our neighborhoods, in our countries, and even in our churches. We pray this morning, dear God, that we may experience the peace, that peace that passes all understanding. We pray, O oh God, that we may experience you, the peace of the world. Penetrate the grieving heart. Accompany the lonely one. Remember the forgotten. Reclaim the stray. Make music out of the disharmony of conflict and chaos. Let our restless hearts rest in you, O God. This we pray in the name of the Christ, who beckons us into the vision of peace. God, thank you for who you are. Thank you that you are the God of peace. Thank you that you love us. Thank you that you are there through the chaos and the pain and the anxiety. And thank you that we can experience your peace even through that. Lord, I pray peace for everyone here. Pray freedom from anything that is not peace. Bless our time together. Thank you. In your name, amen. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Um,